Hello and welcome to the Sock Valley Spotlight Podcast, where we shine a light on the people and places of the beautiful Sock Valley. In each episode, we highlight the hidden gems and untold stories of local businesses, community leaders, and the people that call the Sock Valley home. I'm your host, Drew Williams, and today I'm joined by Maggie Wyke, who's a co-president of NAMI Sock Area, and that's the National Alliance on Mental Illness. Maggie, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Um, Maggie, can you just give our listeners a quick snapshot? Who are you? Who do you love? Okay. That's easy. I grew up here in Sterling, Illinois. I was one of 10 children, um, went to Newman High School, so I've forever lived in Sterling, Illinois. I've never mm. moved away. Uh, my husband and I met at Newman and married right after high school. I quickly had four children and then decided I better get some education under my belt. So mm. went to Sauk Valley Community College and got my nursing degree there. Um, raised my four kids. They all went to Sterling High School here in Sterling and uh, got interested in the sport of swimming mm. and ended up coaching the sport of swimming. Um, my kids were swimming in Morrison at the time, and I couldn't get over there for practices with my nursing school schedule. And so one of the coaches said, well, start a team in Sterling. Okay. So I said, okay. So we went to the park district and the park district got a team going and I eventually got into coaching the sport. And, um, so I have a love of swimming. Um, but yeah, grew up now, here and love it here. Now I heard a rumor and you got to confirm this. Did you take some of your swim people as far as Olympic tryouts? I, I did. I actually had, I can't take full credit of that, but uh, James White, who is my son, went to two Olympic trials and Stevie M went to an Olympic trial as well. Wow. Um, several college, collegiate athletes. We had Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three collegiate athletes through the years. And that tradition continued on after I quit coaching too. Mm-hmm. So um, other coaches that took on the program, and my daughter was one of them, but they produced several college athletes as wow. well. Wow. Wow. That is really cool and uh, completely unrelated to what we're talking about today, but that's just so interesting. <laughs> but now you you are co-president of NAMI Sock Area, and that's the National Alliance on Mental Illness. Mm-hmm. Talk to me a little bit of the journey of being a local, um, part of a big family, getting involved in, in nursing as a vocation, and then coaching swimming. But now you're helping uh, lead a organization that brings awareness to mental illness uh, on a national wide le- level, but to our area. So t- talk to me about that journey a little bit. What's the, what's the story of Maggie that got us from from the beginning, however far back you want to go to yeah. where you are now? And it is it is uh, it is all of the things that I talked about that brought me to that point. Mm. So, um, you know, one in five people live with a mental illness. So. When you think about that in a family of 10, ironically, yeah. two out of 10 might have had it, right? Yeah. Um, but but just in general, that number really jumped at me. Uh, I eventually started teaching. I didn't talk about that, but my favorite job of all time was teaching CNAs at Whiteside Area Career Center. Mm. Uh, so my nursing degree led me to that eventually. Mm. And so I did see students that stru- struggled with mental illness um, and neurodivergence as well. Mm-hmm. And so that, you know, that had me interested. Uh, family mental illness had me interested for sure. And just, I really believe in 
putting time into our community to make it better. Yeah. And um, actually what got me started with NAMI was there was a class that's offered called Family to Family, and it's a class taught by families to families who are experiencing a loved one with mental illness. Mm. And that class, it was a 12-week class, um, and it was just so educational for me. Mm. Um, and then that brought me to NAMI. That was offered through NAMI. Mm. And then um, I started going to some family support group meetings. And when, when, when was that? What year was that? Oh, maybe? gosh. That was probably 10 or 15 years ago, maybe. Okay. Quite so you, a while. So you'd already been developing your your career, your vocation in in education. Actually, is what mm-hmm. it sounds like because you were you were uh, your your nursing uh, schooling led you to training mm-hmm. nursing assistants, and and then even kind of an avocation of of coaching swim. Again, it's a educational development of. You know, athleticism, but also character, right? Because you know, it's right. in any kind of athletic sport, there's there's sportsmanship, there's you know, competition and figuring that whole thing out. There's team dynamics, right. and so I'm sensing this kind of like theme of of being an educator and being a guide for others. Um, how has that found its fruition in your work with Nami? So interesting enough, what started, <laughs> what where I got really involved with Nami was the president at the time. Um, and let me just explain, NAMI is a volunteer group. So we mm. have the board of directors, but we don't have an office. We're all volunteers. Wow. No money that we bring in goes to any salaries. We put it right back into the community. Wow. Um, but the president at the time said, you know, it would be really neat to have a walk, like a, a, a NAMI walk. Yeah. And there is a NAMI walk. It's extremely expensive to have at the time we checked it out. It was going to cost 10000 to have it. Just to put it on. Just to put it on. And really was designed oh for bigger areas. Sure. Uh, which, which we didn't, we weren't. So I said, you know, maybe we could do a 5K. So taking my coaching and, and they said, do you know how to do that? And I said, oh, I ran tons of swim meets. I can run a 5K. You yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. So I took my experience from running those events and we started a 5K and actually started it the first year at the high school because I wanted a safe um, place for anybody to participate mm. so that if they did have a severe mental illness, you know, they, they weren't on a the street, they were safe on the track if they mm. wanted to participate and what we found was it was it just runners really that wanted to do it. And we were very small that year, but they said, don't do it on the track. I felt like a hamster on a wheel, you yeah. know, yeah, so yeah, yeah. it evolved into a 5K that we do out starting at Hoover Park. It's a beautiful walking path through Sinisippi. We use mm. the, the park district facilities for it and it's become quite popular. We have about 300 attend each year wow. and that funds NAMI for the year then. Wow. And then we put that all back into the community through education and support groups and training for people that are, are doing those things. So you, 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 uh, hinted at there, there was a president at the time that, uh, asked for input and you came up with an idea. What, in what degree were you serving at NAMI at the time? I was just going to the meetings, actually. I was oh, going wow. to the family support group meetings. And then I, I must have at that time been at a board meeting, but I don't think I was even on the board, I yeah. think. But um, eventually it evolved to becoming a board member. And then um, our board president resigned a year ago. 
uh, and she was very dynamic, Tracy Brooks. Um, and so I didn't feel like I could take it on alone. Alone, And so mm. I begged Cheryl Robinson to do it with me, which she she happily agreed. And it, we've just really enjoyed working together wow. and, and building NAMI Sock mm, area. Mm. Can you can you touch a little bit on um, aside from kind of the you mentioned there, there's a statistic that kind of captured you. But what, what has fueled your passion for this? Has there been experiences in working with other families? What, what's made you so passionate to uh, advocate for this this topic? I think I think watching um, the number of beds go down for people with mental illness in the state of Illinois. Mm. Um, you know, we've just lost so many beds. There's so many. It's hard to find a psychiatrist sometimes. Yeah. So I think that fueled it. And just the feeling of watching people experience mental illness and being treated differently than those with a physical illness really inspired me to see if we could make a change in that, change the stigma so that mental illness doesn't have a stigma, hopefully, is my yeah. dream. Well, I I wonder how you feel about this. I feel like there was a, uh, a resurgence or a an upsurge in awareness around mental illness and, and uh, counseling services and stuff, especially during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And and everyone feeling isolation in a different way, everyone feeling stress in a different way. Yeah, the the kind of communal trauma we underwent, f- not only from the health concerns, but just also the socio political concerns and our communities looking different than anything. Has that helped conversations around mental illness? That, I that you've I seen? do think it has. I I think everybody's aware, and I think we were. I think we were making progress prior to that in mm. the stigma part of it. There was a lot of grant money going toward that. Mm. Um, I still have concerns for people living with severe mental illness that need hospitalization and there's not available beds. They yeah. may wait for three days in an ER. Yeah. Um, still an issue, although we're very lucky in our community, you know, KSB and CGH, both have behavioral health units. So yeah. um, we do have beds now locally. Uh, KSB has for years. And then CGH a few years back prior to, I think it was prior to COVID that they got their 10 beds, which yeah. is definitely helpful. But I have really enjoyed too working with police. I mean, police are often the first ones on the call. Yeah. Um, and so just getting them the training that, that they certainly deserve in dealing with this um, through crisis intervention training and things like that. So is that one of the, the focuses that you have in helping serve with NAMI is, is providing training to different folks or is it more focused on kind of individuals and families? It's, it's both really. Okay. Um, prior to COVID, uh, we were donating money to um, training for, for local police mm. so that they had an idea of how to, you know, arrive on a scene where yeah. someone is in a psychosis or really needs help. Um, and, and even working with families that are going through that, that that's new to them. Yeah. Right. You know, you don't expect the police to have to deal with your loved one's mental illness, but right. oftentimes that is the first step. Yes. And then getting them into a hospital, an appropriate hospital or an appropriate setting. So, well, well and, and, and I know, too, that when when something like that 
uh, manifests in your family, whether it's, you know, yourself experiencing something that you hadn't realized before, or whether it's a family member that, that you had never seen it, uh, come out as strongly as, you know, when, when it starts manifesting or, uh, when they first start, uh, exhibiting self-harming tendencies or even just things that just scare you because it's not the person who you, who knew, you know, and love mm-hmm. it's your family member. It can feel so scary. Mm-hmm. It can feel so isolating and alone because even with the maybe national conversation about mental illness, becoming more and more, you still don't think that it's going to hit your family. Right. Right. What is, I guess maybe I have two questions for families who are experiencing that, the fear and the loneliness, um, the assumption that they might be the only ones or that they don't have anyone else to talk to. What are some resources that are available to them? Through NAMI or through local things? Yes. So there are definitely resources. NAMI Suck Area offers a family support group, Mm. um, which is really designed for, we talk about family members, but oftentimes it's a friend or a coworker that is experiencing this that we need to help with, right? So, um, so these family support groups are great for anybody, even if it is a coworker, a family, a family person, a friend. But those are held the fourth Tuesday of the month at St. John's Lutheran Church in Sterling at 630 p.m. And that's a perfect support group. It's people that you're going to run into people that have experienced similar things. Um, nobody there is a counselor. So people just share their own experiences mm-hmm. and what they did to get through those times. Wow. So you can really get some good insight. And usually at those meetings, there's somebody that had a similar situation, um, you know, to get to get some stories from and mm. and, and also just some resources on, you know, you know, if you have a friend that didn't like the psychiatrist that they were seeing, you know, yeah. what psychiatrist do you use yeah. or what doctors are good at dealing with mental health issues? Well, and I know also, I mean, it's never it's never a, a cut and dry journey. A lot of times people who are dealing with mental illness, they go through a process of actually trying to nail down what the diagnosis is, mm-hmm. because, I mean, every human person is different right? and, and, and all of our uh, brain chemistry, though there's similarities in our species, doesn't mean that every single person who deals with depression or uh, manifesting different personalities or a- any of the other, you know, spectrum of illnesses mm-hmm. out there or neurodivergence, they don't all manifest the same way in different people. And so, I mean, it, it is a little bit of a journey and guesswork and sometimes a frustrating Right. Uh, journey for individuals as well as for the family and friends, the support network right. to go like, yeah, just what is it so that we can know how to help? Exactly. And so I guess maybe that leads to my second question related around people who are experiencing this in their circle, whether it's in their family or whether it's someone they know, how, how can someone um, who, who isn't themselves experiencing mental illness, but who knows someone who is, how can that person go, go about becoming an ally or an advocate uh, for their friend or even just for this this topic of raising awareness of mental illness and, and breaking some of the stigma. Yeah, I think the best thing is is not to be afraid to talk to them, mm. right? I think so many times people are afraid to bring it up, but it's okay to say to a friend, you know what? You usually, you know, come to work dressed a certain way. And lately I've noticed 
you, you haven't showered before work. Are you feeling okay? Yeah. You know, something like that, but just having a conversation and talking about it. It's not something we want to slip under the rug. Mm. Um, and, and just asking them, how can I be of support to you? Mm. Do you need help with anything? You know, um, and oftentimes they're going to say no. Yeah, that sounds like the most awkward conversation you right. could have. And, and oftentimes they're going to say no at yeah, first. Yeah. But just to know that, hey, he he cared about me enough mm. to ask the question, they're going to know that someone they can go to when they're ready. So, mm. um, and if that day ever comes, sometimes that day never comes where they're ready to go get that help. Um and oftentimes that will lead to situations where police have to get involved and yeah. uh, community members. But um, I think I think the biggest thing, one of NAMI's program is, is called Say It Out Loud. And I love that because really, if we're not feeling well, we need to be able to say it out loud. But those of us that are the support system, we need to be there and have the courage to say, you don't seem like yourself. Can I can I be of support in any way? Yeah. So, yeah. Do you feel like there's a, a, a certain type of, um, a certain type of person who's experiencing mental illness that is more closed off to help? What are, what are the things, what are the, what are the commonalities between people who are closed off to help? Because I'm trying to think through backing my way into a question of how can we create an environment that helps people feel they can be open to help? Mm-hmm. So maybe first, what are the things that close people off to help? I think I think I think specifying mental illness versus physical illness. I wish we could combine that mm. just into illness in general, right? Because I think separating like that. You know, people, people have, they want to protect their brains and they don't want their brains to be abnormal. Right. Mm. So, um, I think that's part of it. Reducing the stigma, I think is huge. Having conversations out loud and normal conversations that are just open and honest about our mental health, you know, are important, I think. Um, but there's also something called anisognosia, which some of your more severe mental illnesses have. And that is truly the inability to see the illness. Mm. They don't see it. They don't wow. feel it. They don't, they can't recognize that. Um, and so that's why I think in those times, it's important to be that friend or loved one that can say, you know, usually I see you shower and I notice you haven't showered lately. Yeah. Those, you know, those things that, um, it, one family I thought had a great idea. And what they did is when their loved one was having what they called an off day, they lit a candle on the table and didn't use words, just lit a candle and just to say, hmm, something seems off today. Hmm. Um, and I thought that was a really cool way to just subtly say, I'm here for you, wow. you know? I'm recognizing and I'm here for you. Mm. So, yeah, because I think I think uh, you were mentioning that the separation between mental illness and physical illness and where my mind went was we don't we don't judge people for having a head cold. Right. You know, we don't blame a person for having cancer. Right. We empathize with them and we work together to say, how can we support you and, and heal you and get you better? And yet there is that stigma 
And not everyone has this, but, right. but there's a stereotype for a reason that it's been enough in our culture and society that if someone's dealing with mental illness, it's it's their fault somehow or it's because they're broken somehow in, right. in a way that maybe can't be fixed. Well, and, you know, I compare it, you know, you have somebody that's going through chemo and radiation and they're exhausted, right? And they need to take a nap. And then we have somebody with a severe mental illness that couldn't sleep all night. But when they take a nap, is it the same? Yeah. Or is it because they're lazy because they're not carrying a job? Has has the the conversation around self-care in recent years improved that in in your circles? Because I, I feel like there, there's a lot more conversation around the need for self-care, the benefit of self-care. And sometimes it can go too far and you you make a joke about like, oh, I'm going to eat all this candy right now because <laughs> it's going to make me feel better. Hashtag self-care. And that is different than saying, oh, I'm recognizing my capacity and I'm learning how to say no. Right. right? Like, But I, I do think maybe there's a uh, an increase in the willingness to talk about that. There still seems to be a, a delineation, though between people not experiencing a diagnosable mental illness, practicing self-care just to fight against hustle culture or fight against the the comparison we feel in our society. Oh, I'm practicing self-care. I'm taking a, a break from social media or something like that. There's still delineation between that and someone who's experiencing mental illness mm-hmm. needing to care for themselves. Why is, th- why is there a difference? I don't know that I can answer that. I think we are coming far with more people on board for self-care, whether they have the mental illness or not. Um, And I think, you know, take a step back, slow down when you need to slow down. We live in a very fast paced world where we have electronics at our fingertips. And I think, you know, everybody needs to take a step back for sure. Um, but self-care should be a rewarding thing. It should be something mm. that we really look highly upon, right? Mm. Um, so, yeah, I think we're making progress in in more people doing self-care. And again, I would love to not have the difference be people with mental illness doing it and everybody else doing it, right? Because really, we're all probably going to experience a mental health condition through our lifetimes. Sure. At some point or another, yeah. right? There's enough stress in life. Totally. At some point, whether it's a uh, a loss of a job, whether yep. it's a change in where you live, whether it's, you know, uh, a change in, in your stage of life. You know, they, they say, uh, <laughs> what, what was that? That story? Not the story. Sorry. There's, there's some index, some stress index, you know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about? Where it's like there's certain types of life events that score higher on stress and uh, losing a loved one is just as stressful as getting married because of like, and so you would think, oh, this is a positive thing, but the, the toll it takes right. on your ability to concentrate, on your ability to self-regulate, on your yeah. ability to wind down at night, you know, mm-hmm. for, for some people, you know, they, they don't realize how, how on edge they are all the time. Right. Just because of the way that, you know, life is for them right now or just us as a whole yeah. society. Um, and we even feel that here in the Sauk Valley, even though it's the Midwest, it is slower than maybe the coasts. Mm-hmm. I've experienced that having just moved here, you know, less than a year ago of, wow, it's a slower pace of life. That doesn't make us immune from stress. For sure. 
Uh, in fact, on the way here, I had a conversation with my sister because she's like, you're spending a lot of time volunteering. And I'm like, I know I have to pull back, you know, because again, we, yeah. we go, go, go. And I think in the, in the Sauk Valley area too, we have so many great volunteers, right? Yeah. But I mean, at some point it can get to be too much. So yeah. we just have to self-check all the time, I think. So. Yeah. Well, and, and that, that, that relates back to my previous question about family members support network, becoming allies, becoming advocates is we need to recognize that we need a network for sure. Right. You know, mm-hmm. the, 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 the adage it takes a village to raise a child doesn't only apply to children. Like it, it takes a village for us to exist as humans. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're meant to be part of a group. We're meant to be part of a, a family. We're meant to be part of a network right. um, of people who, who know us well enough to be able to notice when something's off. Right. And right. who care about us enough to then do something about to it. To have the conversation. Yeah. Mm. That's, that's huge. Um, I want to talk, maybe uh, back it up a little bit to just your experience of of living and working here in the Sauk Valley, because you've done so many different things in this area and lived here. As you live and work here, you know, in the Sauk Valley area, what are things that you think are still missing? Or if you could be in charge, what would be something that you would change? I would love to see. So this is going to date me. Um, but when I was a kid, the park district program had a wonderful program and it was in the parks. They had college kids that came back for the summer mm. and they worked in the parks from like one to 3 PM mm. and they just played old fashioned games, chess, checkers, board games. They, wow. They'd have board games on a picnic table. They'd be using whatever the park had. If it was a basketball court, they'd have a group playing basketball. Um, you could play on the equipment. They usually had, you know, a snack or something for you. But the neat thing was just having these mentors who were college kids mm. home and and playing with the neighborhood kids in the neighborhood parks. And it was all throughout Sterling in the neighborhood parks. I would love to see something like that. Was that something back. that you were involved in? I was a kid going to yeah. those. Mm-hmm. And I can remember idolizing those college kids just thinking, oh, they're so cool. And you know, here they are sitting playing the game of life with three kids at the picnic table, you know, yeah. um, and we would do things with the leaves, you know, if the leaves were starting to fall or whatever, and we'd be tracing them and, you know, doing artwork, there was always a little art project, but you got to choose what you did once you got there. Sure. Um, the point was being there, being there and, and, and having some mentors. Yeah. How, how did that, how did that in influence kind of your journey? into some of the different things that you were involved in being then a mentor and a guide. Yeah. I mean, I think the leadership there taught me leadership as a Mm. young, as a young kid. Um, I'm an organizer, so I love to organize things. I don't know where that came from um, because I'm the ninth of 10 kids. So things were already organized for me by the time I was there. But um, I do remember just, it being so peaceful and relaxing to go and, you know, we would walk to those neighborhood parks and, and like you said, be with other people, be with other kids. So, yeah. Yeah. And what about on, on the other side of that coin, when we think of our area, what, what things in the Sauk Valley uh, get you excited or, or give you hope for our area? I think, I think the programs in the Sauk Valley area are phenomenal. The feed the children program through United way, 
Um, we have a really active YWCA. Um, I'm just amazed at how much we have for as small of an area as we are. Right. Um, I think we could get better at working together. We have all of these small towns doing all of these separate things. I would love yeah. to see that come together more, I guess. Yeah. Um, well, and I'm sure you see that working with an organization like NAMI. And you were saying NAMI Sauk area oversees how many areas? We have four counties, oh, um, wow. Ogle, Lee, Carroll, and Whiteside. That's quite quite the large, so it's large. span. Mm-hmm. It is large. For a volunteer so, organization. For a volunteer organization. Yeah. And and I haven't mentioned this, but we do have a website, namisakiri.org. Mm. So if people have questions about it, they can go there and see what we do, what we offer. Yeah. Um, it's got our, our monthly support groups on there. It's got our youth mental first aid free classes where they can sign up right there on the website. We do have a Facebook page as well. Mm. So we are out there. Yeah. And... and- is that the best way for people to get in touch with with you or Cheryl and 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 folks with NAMI? Is it is it the website? Is it Facebook that's the best way if if they want to not only find out more information but maybe even get involved in in participating in the walk, yeah. the five k that's coming up, or if they want to get involved in some of these groups? I'm, what's the best way to contact I'm glad you guys? You brought that up. So we have an email NAMI area gmail dot com. Okay. So you can email us directly. We do do a monthly digital um, newsletter that really gives everything coming up the next month. So you can email namisakiri at gmail.com and sign up for that. Mm. And we'll send that digitally. But what we haven't talked about is our stigma busters, Mm. which is our volunteer group. And if anyone is interested, they can sign up to be a stigma buster. And how that works is really easy. I send an email whenever we have an event, ask if you want to help. And if you do, you Email me back and we get it set up. So we try to go to a lot of events where children are involved so that we can get to parents um, and get this information about NAMI out um, to the adults. And um, yeah, so I, I, uh, I just had the image I can't get out of my head now of uh, Dan Aykroyd, you know, in a brown jumpsuit and it says, you know, stigma busters on the front instead of <laughs> ghostbusters, you know, and we, we, our shirts are, are, are like a teal blue and the whole back of it, just stigma buster right yeah, on you, the back. You need, so. you need a good theme song from an eighties movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, but so no, that's super, super cool. And, and, um, and, and I think that it's, it's a, it's a beautiful mission that y'all are involved in, in, breaking down that stigma, bringing awareness to it. Because as you said, if we're just looking at statistics and then I take the extra grain of salt of going, how many unreported cases of mental illness are there? And so I would say it's probably at least one in five, right? Oh, for sure. Because a lot of there during the month of May was mental health awareness month and NAMI gave us some statistics and average um, length for someone with a severe mental illness to get help is 11 years. Oh, no. I mean, that's shocking. So you think about somebody with cancer, letting that go for 11 years, you know, what that does to the body and letting go of a mental illness for 11 years. Yeah. It really wreaks havoc on the body and the mind. So Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, uh, Maggie, I just so appreciate you coming on the show. And before you go, when is when is the next 5K and how can people sign up? It's July 8th. 
and go to namisockarea.org and there's a link there right right on the front of our page to sign up for the race. And again, if you want to be a stigma buster, just email namisockarea at gmail.com. We'd love to have more volunteers. Mm. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your story. Thank you. Yeah, until next time on the Sock Valley Spotlight, I'm your host, Drew Williams, and let's keep finding the beauty of this place that we call home.